Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us. Um, And some of you are watching with us online. And if you are on the beach or in a boat, I know it's summertime, send a picture of where you're worshiping so I can cry and be jealous. Um, So, but hey, there's no better place than being in Gadsden this morning. It's beautiful out. And not only that, we have fun activities happening today. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Did you know it's Christmas in July? Look at these. Molly, did you see these? How cool are these? So these are in the entrances of the church. You can pick one of these up. And these go to the Salvation Army. We do it every year. Um, So you fill up the list that's in here. You can get the items, a Dollar General, Dollar Tree. And then you know what? You bring it back to the church and you put it under the Christmas tree uh, out here at the 5th and Chestnut entrance. And it's awesome. We're going to make sure everybody has an awesome Christmas this year. But even more exciting than Christmas. Is there something possibly more exciting than Christmas? Roller skating today from 3 to 5. And you know what? It's for children and youth. But Catherine told me everybody's welcome to roller. If you're here, you can roller skate with us. So uh, it's going to be awesome. Roller skating, that's from 3 to 5. And Catherine, you're going to have pizza too? It's going to be amazing. You're going to want to come to that. It's going to be great. Uh, Right here at the roller skating rink. And you're going to love it. Um, Saturday, July 17th. The children are doing something else really awesome. They're going it's to really see. Awesome. They're going to see the Jungle Book at the Oxford uh, Performing Arts Center. I heard that I may be on stage in a costume. Awesome. So, hey, if you're not a child but you want to go see the Jungle Book on Saturday, July 17th, go see Molly Page. It's going to be fantastic. They're riding in the church bus. They might even have room free. for you. It's free. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Then Sunday, August 8th, we are calling it the most amazing youth day ever. It's going to be a youth uh, Sunday night from 3 in the afternoon till 11. It's going to be fantastic. So those are our announcements for today. But stay plugged in. We have so many great things coming up. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful to be part of a church that helps the community and is part of uh, Christmas in July. I pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. This, well, I say you can be seated. I don't want the kids to be seated because Miss Catherine's about to take you to Children's Church. So everybody that wants to have a whole lot of fun today, follow Miss Catherine. We're going to have fun in here too. But um, they always have a great time in Children's Church. We love kids here. We love youth. And we love people like myself that are not so youthy and children-y. But... Um, we're glad that you're glad you're worshiping with us here. Glad you're worshiping with us online. Uh, say hello to us. It helps us to say uh, to see you where you're worshiping with us, and and we want to say hello back to you. If you have a prayer request, let us know. Uh, you can write it on a card and put it in the offering plate if you're in here, and you can send it to us by email. Fumc at fumcgaston.org is the way to do that, or put it on our Facebook page. Send us a message. We have a prayer team that meets every week. We love to pray for your prayer requests. And we love to hear the answers to prayer too. That helps us and encourages us. I want to remind you to, to uh, keep supporting your church, all these great things that we do. Uh, we're very mission-minded. Uh, we're very community-minded. And uh, we can't do any of that without your help. So if you go on vacation, don't let your giving go on vacation too. Because summertime is always a, a time when we, we just need a little extra. So um, thank you for your help. And we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray for our offerings. We're going to pray for your prayer needs. So will you join us? Gracious Lord, we thank you for giving us this day. We thank you for a reason to celebrate. We thank you, Lord, that in the midst of your people, your presence is always found. And that it changes what we see and it changes what we see. Just as the song said that we just sang. So change us today, Lord. Change, change our attitudes when they're sour. Change our outlook, Lord, when it's less than hopeful. Because you are our hope. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And God, help us to remember that and remember who we are and whose we are. Thank you for blessing us and making us able to give. Thank you for what you gave for us. Bless now the, the giving of tithes and offerings. Bless the giving of time and talent and service because we want it all to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
praise band. I'm, I'm so thankful for our praise band. Every time uh, I get to worship with you in our celebration service, and I mean, what a perfect way to end that song is, um, I have so many memories as a kid uh, singing I Surrender All. I probably made a lot of promises to God when I was singing that song, and I hope that I still mean them as I, I grow older. How many of you got to see any of the Fourth of July service last Sunday. If you if you didn't get to come, go back and, and watch it. The, the music was great and inspirational. It was it was a celebration of freedom, and all month long we're going to be celebrating our freedom. And of course, we are celebrating on the Fourth of July as we do every year uh, the freedoms that we enjoy as a country. But every time we come and worship, we're celebrating a different kind of freedom. We're celebrating a spirit freedom that we have in Christ that is more important than any geographical boundary because God is bigger than all of that and what he has done for us in Christ has made us free so the scripture that we have today is we talk about our freedom from sin that we have through Christ is Romans 8 chapter 1 uh, chapter 8 verses 1 and 2 uh, words will be up on the screen if you want to follow along there or if you want to follow along on your church app or your Bible. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for the law of the Spirit of Christ, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How many of you have heard the old saying, silence is golden? My mother used to tell me that. I don't know, I, may, I never made golden status, apparently. Uh, but when, you're little, when you have little kids, silence is not necessarily golden. Silence is suspicious. Um, when, when you hear a lot of noise, you know, at least you know what room they're in. But then when everything gets quiet, you better go check, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember uh, many years ago when our kids were little, we were over at my mom's house, their Nana, and my mom has this great basement, and it's, it's a wonderful place. It's a magical place for a kid because it's kind of dark, and all the toys are down there, and, and there's an old couch and a TV, and it was just kind of their romper room as they were growing up. 
So we were up in the living room, Tammy and I, talking with my mom, and the kids were downstairs, and we could hear noise all of a sudden, and then it kind of got quiet, and I thought, in the back of my mind, you better go check and see what's going on. But I thought, nah, you know, they're at Nana's house. What can they get into? What could they possibly get into down there in that basement? Uh, well, a few minutes later, into the driveway comes a police cruiser. And I thought, hmm, they must be selling tickets to the policeman's ball or something. I mean, I'm still clueless. I had no idea. And, and I, the, the storm door was closed, so I could see the officer walk up to the door. And he was very stern looking. And I, I walked to the door and I said, can, can I help you, officer? And, and he's looking beyond me into the living room to where Tammy and my mom are sitting. And he's got this look on his face like, is everything all right here? And I said, yes, everything's fine. I'm just talking with my wife and my mom. Are you sure everything, oh, nobody, no problems? And I said, no, sir, no, sir, what, what, what's going on? And he said, we got a 911 call from this address. And I thought, the kids, the basement. So my mother has an old rotary dial telephone in her basement, and the kids are always fascinated with it. And apparently, at kindergarten or something, somebody said, if you're ever in trouble, call 911, and they went, and then they realized what they'd done and they hung up and of course by then it's too late and I said no officer um, nobody's in trouble here but they're going to be um, we look back on it now and laugh and it's become kind of a little family legend because uh, Michael got blamed for it because he was too young to be able to speak up for himself but as the years have gone by the person who actually did it, we still haven't proven for sure who actually made the call. So that was the case for my three little kids in the basement. Uh, they really weren't in trouble. I don't know if you remember a story several years ago from Cleveland, Ohio, but there was a story, I'll never forget it because it involved three little kids and they were actually being held hostage in a basement in Cleveland, Ohio. Their names were Gina, Amanda, and Michelle. I'll never forget it because I thought about it, having three kids of our own. They had been kidnapped by this guy, and they were held in chains in his basement for years. And the only way they got out, one, one day uh, the guy who had kidnapped them uh, didn't lock the door going up out of the basement. And one of, of the little girls uh, got up and, and went out the door and went to the storm door, which was locked. And she couldn't get through. She wasn't strong enough to get through. But she started screaming for help. And on the way home was a guy who had been working the night shift and he um, had a, he'd just gone to McDonald's and he had a half-eaten Big Mac in one hand and he heard her screaming and he went and she said, can you help us? We're trapped here and they won't let us go. And he and another couple of the neighbors, the good news is they got released. But now, let me ask you a question. 
When Paul writes in Romans 8, 1, therefore there's no condemnation for those uh, in Christ Jesus because he has set us free. Which set of kids do you think would be more a better example of that? My three kids who were just kind of getting in trouble in Nana's basement are those three little girls, Gina, Amanda, and Michelle, who were really being held in chains. One of the, the greatest verses in the Bible is Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I want you to notice the little three-letter word that's very important. Now. There's now no condemnation. Because now means that there was a time when there was condemnation. And, and I like to think of it and, and think of it in terms of those three little girls. There, there was a time when, when sin was like chains upon me and upon all with you. One of the basic gospel truths in, in our just foundational theology is the truth of what God has done for us in Christ. I'm going to share something with you that, you know, you might have heard many times, and I hope that you've experienced in your own life, but there is the good news, and it has to do with being set free, being set free from the law of sin and death. So I want to kind of frame this in the, in the framework of good news and bad news, okay? Um, the bad news is the bad news of captivity. And, and that's what Paul starts out by saying, therefore. And whenever Paul says, therefore, you better see what it's there for. Um, because it means that it's tied to something that he just got through saying. And what he had just got through saying was in Romans chapter 7, I want to read you a passage from Romans chapter 7 from the Message Translation. It says, I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I, I decide one way, but then I act another doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what's best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. Who will rescue me, Paul says in Romans 7:24. Who will rescue me? I decide what I want to do, but then I can't do it. I decide what I don't want to do, and then I end up doing that anyway. I'm full of myself, the message says. And that's our fallen humanity speaking. Now, some people think they might be more like my three little kids who were just playing around in the basement. We're just playing around. We're not really hurting anything. We're not really, it's like, I'm not that bad of a person. I haven't killed anybody or anything. But by virtue of being human, we are all bent toward going our own way. We're all full of ourselves. No one has to teach us to be full of ourselves. 
going all the way back to Adam and Eve who sins, we've inherited a nature that comes to us naturally, that brings condemnation upon us. The word condemnation in Romans 8.1 is a word that means to divide and to separate. Sin, our sin nature causes us to be divided from God, separated from each other, and judged. Chained under condemnation. That's all of us. Sin isn't just the bad stuff that we do or the good stuff that we don't do. It's like something that infects us, that affects everything, all of creation. We need to be set free. Okay, so that's the bad news. The good news is this. Paul was crying out for help in Romans 7, 24. Who will help us? Who will rescue me from this prison of sin? It's kind of like a spiritual 911 call. And then what does God do? Every single time, what does God do when we call out for help? It's like the young girl, Amanda, who, who yelled through the door and uh, one of the neighbors um, who was coming home on that Monday night, his name was Charles. He came and he helped her. Amanda said, help me, I've been kidnapped and I'm here. But she's free now. She's free, but she had to be rescued. And that's the same with us. We don't get out of our condemnation we don't get out of our imprisonment to sin our on our own nobody can can study hard enough and nobody can work hard enough and nobody can climb high enough to get out of that basement we need Christ and so the key to the whole thing is that because of Christ's atoning work, we receive God's free gift of justifying grace. And when we stand before God, we don't stand before God thinking that we're good enough. We stand before God in Christ. In Christ. When we cry out to him, God rescues us through Christ from our sin and our condemnation and actually dresses us in the righteousness of of Jesus Christ so that when God looks at us he sees the righteousness of his son and then God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can have the power in our lives to make better decisions and to do what God wants us to do and to not always go our own way but to go God's way a power working in us the Holy Spirit that helps us to grow that helps us to have abundant life the life God wants us to have I want to tell you what, on our own, we just can't do it. We can work and work and work, but we can't do it. But through God, the work's already been done. One of, one of the old hymns of faith that I grew up singing out of the old Brown Cokesbury hymnal, uh, it really kind of catches the truth of this in a very powerful way to me. It's the old hymn, Rock of Ages. It says, uh, there's a line in there that says, Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath, and make me pure. You know, that's the great good news. 
That's the, the freedom that we celebrate today is that because of what Christ has done for us, we have the double cure for sin. That it's not just our ticket to heaven, it's just being set free. Not just saved from wrath, but taking on the righteousness of Christ and being able to go God's way. You are invited to celebrate freedom with us today. If you're, uh, if you're worshiping at home or, or wherever you are on the lake or whatever, you're invited to celebrate communion with us too because when we come to the Lord's table, what we're celebrating is the freedom that Christ gives us. As we receive the bread and the cup, we are receiving a reminder of the atonement of Christ. That we're not under condemnation anymore. That we can walk forward in freedom, in abundant life. I want to um, just share a couple of things with you as we prepare to uh, receive communion. Up to this point, uh, we've been, well, at first we weren't having communion at all. We did drive-through communion. Not so long ago, don't you remember that? Drive-through communion because of the pandemic. And then gradually we were able to open back up more and different things like that. But this is the first time I'm going to invite you to come and kneel at the altar to receive communion. Um, we're at a point right now where we can sit next to each other. So I figured if we can sit next to each other, we can kneel next to each other, you know? And it's, it's always been special to me in, in the United Methodist Church to, to kneel and, and receive communion that way. So uh, that's one thing I want to tell you. When, when you come, come and kneel. Um, it's a custom of ours to, to leave a communion offering if you're able to and, and God leads you to do that. If you leave an offering on the, the altar rail here, every bit that you leave goes to help uh, those who come to us, our, our local missions, those people who call us just about every day of the week asking for help of some kind. And that's what that money goes for. And it's just an extra offering. It's called our communion offering. It goes for that. And you're also invited as you come to pick up one of these and take it back with you when, when you get up uh, to leave. Everyone who is here is invited to come to the Lord's table. That's one thing that we have that I love about our, our tradition in the Methodist Church. All are welcome at the Lord's table. It's the Lord's table. It's not a Methodist table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. All you have to do is have a heart that's hungry for God to celebrate this with us. Uh, one more thing is, is the, we're, we're still using the self-contained cups. Um, the, the very top has a layer that you peel back for the wafer and then you peel back the next layer for, for the cup. And so it's, um, it's a little tricky the first time you do it. If, if you need help, I'm telling you like your kindergarten teacher told you, get your neighbor to help you if you, if you need help. Uh, we'll, we'll get through this together, all right? On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. 
Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. He returned thanks to God, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. God, how thankful we are for what you have done for us. How thankful we are for the freedom that is ours because of what you have done for us. You've done for us what we can't do for ourselves. And we are so grateful. And now, Lord, we pray that even as we gather at this table, you would pour out your spirit upon us, gathered here out of love for you. Pour out your spirit upon this bread and this cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. As we come to the table, make us one with each other and one with you. And then as we leave, one in service to all the world until you come again and we feast at your heavenly banquet. We gather at this banquet with thankful hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One other thing, as I said, is our, our custom to kneel at the altar. If you've got bad knees or hips or back and you just need to stand, then come and stand and don't, don't worry a thing about it. If you need to be served at your seat, we'll do that. If you're at home, grab whatever you have and celebrate this holy moment with us. Now, once you come to the Lord's table. and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you.
rise and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Now, God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Help us to go forth from this place in the power of your Holy Spirit to give ourselves for others. In Christ's name, amen.